There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Today, we're speaking with B. Iteregi, who is VP of Brand Partnerships at Cycle. In her role, B. oversees all of Cycle's influencer and branded content activations. She's worked with some of the world's top companies, including Nike, Lincoln, Netflix, and Amazon, to name a few, to create impactful campaigns with the most culturally relevant talent. And prior to Cycle, B. led social media efforts for the largest handbag forum on the internet, executing partnerships with top fashion brands. And before that, she worked at a communications agency where she cast models, celebrities, and tastemakers in fashion and lifestyle campaigns. So that's a little bit about B, and she is in the room today uh, and joining our podcast. Welcome, B. Hi, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I was so excited to have you here this morning. Um, we were chit-chatting a lot before starting to record. <laughs> um, I feel like we're in good spirits here. It's early in the morning. We wanted some wine, but we went for water instead. <laughs> In that spirit, I think we're just going to have a really good time today. Amazing. And yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. Um, so for everybody listening, um, B is someone who, you know, we'll get breakfast every so often and just kind of chit chat about, you know, work stuff, personal stuff. But I feel like you have such good strong opinions about the industry. Um, and that is such a huge reason why I wanted you on the podcast today. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I feel like there's such strong opinions to be had. And, you know, certain people are just, you know, a little like they, they'll they give you answers about things in the industry that you've heard regurgitated a thousand times, right? Um, I totally respect that you, you know, you've been in the industry for quite a while and you've seen a lot, I'm sure. Definitely. And I feel like you're so like... I'm going to like really speak your praises here, but it's so true. I feel like you are so passionate about the industry. Um, and I feel like you're, you know, similar to the, the mission of whim, you know, you just want uh, us to all, you know, do better collectively to be able to have the industry be stronger as a whole. Um, you're so sweet, Jesse. I, I, yeah. I definitely um, agree with you. There are many polarizing topics, you know, within the industry and because it's so new, there isn't really a black or white 
right answer for so many things. So it's up to all of us to have a POV and figure out how we can continue to grow the industry as a whole and raise each other up and the people in it. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you having me on the podcast. Yeah. So don't hold back. (laughs) (laughs) Promise I won't. Okay. Amazing. I had no doubt. Um, so we're just going to jump into a few questions that I have. Um, and, uh, so starting with, the one thing that I have always loved about this industry um, is that everyone really arrives at it from a different place. I mean, we talked in, you know, an introduction about you, uh, starting this podcast, a little bit about your background, but um, I'd love to hear just about your career path, even before then, through all of those, uh, all of those pieces, um, and just generally tell everybody how you made it to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I moved to New York uh, after graduating college where I was working three internships. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, so I took an internship at the sales department at Carolina Herrera. And I was also working in the events and celebrity dressing department at a communications agency, Starworks. And on the side, I was also helping create content for a handbag blog um, and forum, which was PurseBlog. A few months into those internships, uh, the communications agency actually offered me a position to be an EA for one of the partners. I left Carolina Herrera, I took the job, and I said, I'm going to continue creating content for Purse Blog on the side because it was a part of the internship that I really enjoyed, and I wanted to sort of keep myself involved in the digital industry. So I didn't, I candidly didn't love the EA position, but I was really good at it. Mm-hmm. I was excited because I was getting to work with a woman that I really respected and I learned so much from, and she's continued to be a champion for me today. Mm-hmm. And I was at Starworks for a good while. Mm-hmm. I worked my, my way up and eventually became an associate casting director mm-hmm. where I was casting models, celebrities, and tastemakers um, for fashion, lifestyle, beauty campaigns. Mm-hmm. And eventually, that side hustle for Purse Blog actually became a full-time position. They wanted me to come on and lead their social media efforts. So I sort of pursued my my passion for digital and left the casting world. I was at Purse Blog for about two years, um, really coming up with a strategy. How do we partner with influencers and brands and create content that our consumer really cares about? And what year is this about? Just to sort of put time into perspective. 2013. 2013. Okay. That's a while back. Yeah. A while back. And so um, eventually through purse blog and making a lot of connections within the industry, I actually got approached from one of the co-founders of Cycle. Um, she approached me and said, hey, I'm launching this new talent division within Laundry Service, which at the time was a social first agency. And she said, I'd love for you to come and help me launch it. And I sort of took a leap of faith and went on to help grow this thing. And it has since grown into something very different than what I came on for. Mm-hmm. We have actually spun out into our own separate entity. We've since been acquired and we have had tremendous growth. Um, and I've had the chance of working with really amazing people and brands throughout the past four and a half years that I've been there. That's incredible. Um, I love that, you know, you've been in it for a while and I knew that. Um, and that's really unique considering how quote unquote old, not really, our agency, <laughs> our agency, our, we have an agency, B. <laughs> how old our industry is. Um, you know, with all of that, 
talk to me a little bit about, you know, changes that you've seen over that course of time in the industry and, you know, what, how it's, so we can understand from people who maybe aren't, haven't been in it for so long, you know, how we arrived at sort of what it looks like today. Yeah. I mean, when I was leading social media efforts back at Purse Blog, it was the time where we were doing uh, Twitter chats and everybody was logging on at the same time to talk to people. And it was such an exciting time and we thought this was like revolutionary. And of course, I mean, if you ask someone about Twitter chats today, I'm sure that many of the Gen Zers will have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, they'll have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> um, no clue. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the shift in just how many platforms we're using, um, Instagram has changed, you know, exponentially. Many years ago, we were looking at Instagram and it was pictures of latte art and macaroons. And now we're looking at something completely different, something a little bit more real. In many cases, we have the launch of IG stories and IGTV. You know, when you think back to 2012, 2013, I mean, Instagram was just starting to become something. And, um, it, it was the time when companies were really starting to ask themselves, how are we going to invest in digital? Is this worth our time and money? So it's definitely changed a lot since yeah. I first got here. I'm sure. I'm sure. So, you know, tell us about the evolution of cycle. I mean, that's so I find, you know, stories where companies have grown so much to a point that it's acquisition worthy, you know, um, I mean, there's a lot of companies out there. People see so much white space in the influencer marketing space. Um there's like this entrepreneurial spirit um, and they'll go ahead and launch a company and, you know, their goal will be, you know, I want to get acquired someday. Like I want to grow this to the point that it's attractive to somebody enough for them to say like, I want to acquire you. So, you know, tell me about Cycle, how your company, you know, has evolved, works with influencers today. Um, tell everybody listening all about Cycle. Yeah. The great thing about Cycle, and I think, you know, we attribute our success a lot to being nimble. The industry is constantly evolving. And in order to stay afloat, you really need to adapt to those changes and be willing to take some risks and push your clients a little bit. And we've been lucky enough to work with some, some of the most amazing people um, that do trust us. So today, Cycle creates influencer partnerships and branded content, and it's all delivered as working media. Mm -hmm. And what that means is we package up strategy, creative production, targeted amplification, measurement reporting, talent, all under one CPM. Mm -hmm. um, we are influencer agnostic, which mm -hmm. means we can work with any talent, any mm -hmm. tier, influencer, mm -hmm. athlete, celebrity, across any vertical. Mm -hmm. Many times, Jesse, we have worked together. Yes. <laughs> uh, and... You know, to make sure that we're proposing the best talent for the brand, we take a qualitative and quantitative approach. And what that essentially means is uh, we're looking at audience demographics, interests and affinities. We're looking at competitive conflicts, uh, the affinity for the product, their voice, their storytelling abilities. Um, obviously, a hot topic is fraud detection mm -hmm. and, you know, re really the ability to create premium content. So fraud detection. <laughs> um, it is a hot topic um, for sure. Um, how do you guys combat against that? You know, uh, I I'm sure people listening would love to know. I'm sure people listening have their own ways. Um, I feel like we're all essentially grasping for straws and trying to figure out the best way to combat this. It's you know, it's it's ironic that so much of influencer marketing, a buzzword, is authenticity, right? It's always, you know, we have to be authentic, we have to be authentic. But there's this, like, underbelly 
unfortunate side of the industry, which is, um, you know, fraudulent followers, comments, likes, things like that. And in my opinion, it's just it's like one of the most unfortunate pieces of of uh, what we do. Um and I feel like, yeah, I mean, I can go on and on about this of like why and what my opinions are and stuff. But, you know, I, I representing influencers myself, I, I sense that there's so much pressure on their end, um, that they put on themselves collectively, you know, that everyone's growing exponentially. I can go on and on about the reasons why it doesn't make it right. Um, but you know, just basically from an agency's perspective, what due diligence do you guys do, um, in order to make sure that, you know, you're leading your clients, the brands in the right direction and avoiding it as much as possible? Yeah. So obviously there's a, there's a bunch of tools as we sort of encounter some of these problems, new tools have new functionalities. So what we do is we want to make sure that we are testing multiple tools consistently to understand which tools are the best out there and really identifying those issues and solving, solving them for us. The ones that are doing the best job for you, could you articulate what metrics they're being able to identify that's best preventing, you know, any sort of like fraudulent behavior or, you know, uh, uh, negative follower health. Um, what are they doing right? So really on the back end, they have very different methodologies into figuring out what makes, what identifies someone as a fraudulent follower. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the activity, whether or not they have been dormant for X amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you'll look at an influencer and see a sudden spike in their follower growth. And so that's a pretty clear indication that whether something went viral or there was some sort of purchasing of the actual followers, mm-hmm. um, they are using a bunch of different, again, methods on their end, whether it's understanding which locations, is there a reason why this particular influencer based in the U.S. has an astronomical amount of followers in X country, which they've never visited? Um, those are things that they're looking at. Mm-hmm. And again, you, every single company you you sort of look into, they're going to have slightly different methods. Mm-hmm. And so understanding which one works best for your brands. Ours right now, candidly, is a little mix of technology and manual. Mm-hmm. We are looking at engagement rates. We are looking um, at who are these people's followers? Are they engaging with the content? And really talking to the agents as well to see if there's any information that we can get from first party data that the influencers can provide us to either solidify our our learnings or to dispute what we have found and figure out what's wrong with this. That's like music to my ears because more often than not, people will take some sort of data that they find uh, based on a slew of websites or companies out there that are, you know, saying, we combat, you know, uh, you know, fake followers and, and we can identify them and they take it at pure face value. For example, you mentioned, you know, if an influencer who's based in the U.S. has a huge following in X country, that's not the U.S., you know, they, they must be fake followers. I, I you know, look, it, it could be. <laughs> it absolutely 100% could be. But 
Maybe that influencer lived in that country for a year. Maybe that influencer visited that country for a certain period of time and, um, and you know, geotagged the heck out of that trip and got a whole bunch of followers while they were there. So I appreciate so much. And I think it's really wise of your company to be able to say, you know, these are just red flags, but then they're worthy of investigating further to verify first party, like yeah. you were saying. It, it's important to challenge the data and understand the full context because for us, we can't rely entirely on the technology just yet. So we do have to have that manual element to make sure that this is the correct data because we don't want to rule someone out for something like a similar situation that you mentioned. It's not fair. Um, and again, it's it's something it's the data is not actually giving us the correct information in that case. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. It's such a double-edged sword because I, I hope that one day there are tools that can, you know, just tried and true, black and white, say, you know, this is, this is fake 100%. This is real and authentic 100%. Um, I don't know if that's possible. I mean, that's not my business. So <laughs> I'm not like wise enough to know if that's possible really. But my gut tells me, um, that, you know, there's only so much automation and technology, um, that we should rely on in this digital industry or else we'd both be out of jobs. You know what I mean? Like there has to be a human element. It's necessary for there to be a human element. Cause on the flip side of things, a brand will say, we're only pricing based on like CPM alone. I've heard many people combat that and say, this is a human with, um, you know, so much more value than simply metrics and simply numbers. That has to be a significant percentage of the value and the ROI, in my opinion. Um, but there's a human element to all of this. There's an artistry to all of this. There's, you know, real people following these people on the other end of all of this. And all of that human element is so important to like never let go. Um, in my opinion. So sort of with that being said, where would you like, this is a huge question, by the way, but like, where would you like to see influencer marketing in like the next five years? Loaded question is the understatement of the year. I know. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier, the landscape looks completely different than it does today. Um, I think number one, I definitely want to continue to see the industry growing. We have seen it grow year over year, and it's really, really exciting to see the amount of money that brands are investing in influencer marketing. I would like to see more differentiation in the market. I think there's a lot of noise, and it's a lot of the same noise. I want to see influencers really trying to stand out, not just with pretty pictures, but with exciting content. Consumers are getting smarter and they're getting bored by just seeing the same thing over and over again. And I mean, we there was an article that came out yesterday talking about the Instagram aesthetic is sort of dead. And the younger generation, you look at Gen Z influencers and their content looks completely different than what you would have expected. And they're showing their more real selves and you're starting to see those, you know, real life versus Instagram photos actually just be the actual Instagram photo. Um which I think is really exciting because I think it's refreshing to see real people and see that vulnerability. Um, you know, again, one of the other things that we've seen with a few of the influencers this far, we've seen some of them create brands, you know, really big empires. Um, you're seeing them in stores and retail. And I'm not just talking about, you know, a collaboration. I'm talking about a true brand with where they are, you know, building out their teams 
having conversations with some of the biggest retailers. And I think that's really interesting. Um, if we were to see more influencers really building those products because they already have such a highly engaged and loyal fan base, let's utilize that. Um, you know, and then of course, you've got like the Netflix and Hulus of the world and they're creating so much content. At what point will we start to see more and more influencers in that content? They, again, they have that fan base already. It's so easy to market. At what point will Netflix and Hulu decide to make a, a TV series or an episodic series with these influencers? And, and how do they choose those influencers? Who are the influencers that are willing to take that risk? Um, but yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. And one of the other topics that I'm excited to see what happens, I can't say how I feel about them just yet, um, is just CGI influencers. Where will that be in five years? Will it have grown exponentially or will we sort of see them starting to fade out? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Will I be interviewing a CGI influencer on this podcast? I, I mean, do they have a voice happen? at some point? Like, yeah, I, I don't know what can happen to you. I'm fascinated by it as well, just because it's so out of the box. Like, it's so different. We had a whole whim event talking about, you know, CGI influencers or, you know, the next generation of influencers. And it was a huge topic, obviously, um, at that event. And, um, I mean, we can go on for like an hour plus about <laughs> just that. Um, it's fascinating to know, but um, I think that in the next five years, considering at the rate that our industry changes and evolves, like five years is like the next like 50. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing constant is change, right? That's what they say. Um, and I feel like that's absolutely true for our industry and it changes so much more, so fast, so quickly. Um, I'm curious and I feel like we, I think we spoke about this, uh, over breakfast last time. You brought up such a good question, but the ones who do it best, in my opinion, are the smartest at really cultivating deep rooted communities. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the biggest marker of success that I've seen. And once they continue to do that and master that and grow those to the point where, their bread and butter may not be working with other brands anymore. It's just their own brand. Um, and I'm really curious to see the different revenue models and the different revenue streams that'll come from that. Um, I'm interested to see how brands will, um, combat that if they're looking to work with an influencer. They're like, Oh, this person is perfect for our brand. And the influencer's like, I don't really need to work with brands anymore. So, you know, uh, how can this work more for me? And just sort of like flipping the script a little bit. But I'm also just curious to see again, like the different revenue models that can stem from that. You mentioned, you know, a series, you know, is this person, how, do they, well, it depends if it's like an episodic, I would assume that this person would have to have some sort of like on camera abilities and, you know, maybe some acting chops or, you know, is it like a reality sort of thing in which they still have to have on camera personality and be able to feel comfortable enough and compelling enough on screen. But, you know, what does that look like and how does that spin off? And, um, you know, of course there's merchandise and, you know, licensing a product, things like that. Um, what would what what would you like just a straight up consumer like uh somebody who just follows cool people um the influencers that you follow you know put on that hat for a second like what would you like to see from some of your favorite influencers 
I consume so much influencer content and I am the first person to, you know, fall for influencer marketing because I see something and I buy it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I specifically, I I would really like to see, I'm, I'm going back to that product side. I trust so many of these influencers and I feel like they have sort of helped me develop my own sense of style and they've, they've encouraged me to do certain things in my life, go travel somewhere that I would have never done. Um, I'd like to see them encouraging more people to do things outside of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd like to see, you know, just a, a little bit more positivity out there. I yeah. think that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, I have a younger sister and seeing her <clears throat> grow up in this age is so different than when I was growing up. And so, I, I, as a consumer, I just want to see social become a little bit more positive as a whole, mm-hmm. which I know is, you know, that is a crazy, crazy obstacle to overcome. Um, but I, I do like, uh, seeing, you know, her interaction on social is really positive amongst her friends and, um, they interact with social very differently than sort of probably our age consumers do. And, I think we should take a little bit of a, a page from their book and try and be a little bit more uplifting towards one another because these days you you look at influencer photos and and you know you have to scroll through sort of a ton of negative comments to get to some of those positive ones. It's I would like to see the platform start to overcome a little bit of that negativity and I don't know when that will happen. Um but that's sort of as a consumer, I just want social to become a little bit of a more positive place. I mean, it's such an opportunity to do so and to make such a huge impact. I mean, it's again, like it's a whole community. It could be a whole movement, you know, um, with like that influencer, maybe at the forefront with the opportunity to like start a trend, like tell people, you know, be more positive And everyone's like, I will because you said so. And I, I want to do, you know, I agree with you. You're, we're like minded. Um, so you're so right. I mean, it's, it's the influencers that are really like taking the bull by the horns and using it as an opportunity, like absolutely could do something like that. Um, and I love that, you know, I love that so much. I like to see influencers taking a stand, like mm-hmm. take a stand and, and really show us your voice. What do you care about? One of the things that we talk to our brands about is making sure that we aren't just building, um, you know, a one-off campaign. We're building a relationship and we are trying to build that brand, a community of people. That's something that we really want to make sure we're investing in. People listening to this podcast can be so inspired by, you know, your personal journey and, you know, the incredible work that you and your company are doing. Um, You know, I would say, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned as a successful businesswoman in this industry, in your own personal professional growth? Um, and, you know, to some people listening to this podcast who, you know, would really love to take, hear some really incredible advice and, and, and maybe follow in your footsteps. You know, what, what advice would you give to other women specifically, um, who just want to be really majorly successful, kill it in their careers? I always write down things from women that I hear that I really want to take and, and apply to my own personal life. Um, and I think one of the ones that really stuck with me was just be a good human. Integrity and character will keep you places that your talent can't. And I think that is so true in this industry, especially at is, because it is evolving so quickly. Um, you need to make sure that you are making every connection you can, networking with the right people, investing in yourself and investing in others. I think that is, you know, one of the best lessons across the board. Um, and of course, 
because of the fact that when you're in a in a working environment, you are constantly surrounded by your coworkers. Making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who inspire you, who raise you up and who teach you each and every day is crucial in order to make sure that you are evolving as a person consistently. Um, because when you stop learning is, is when it starts to get boring. And I think that's what's most exciting about this industry is that the reality is that none of us have the answer to everything. And yeah. all of us have a different opinion on every different subject. And it's what keeps us really excited to talk to one another. It's what keeps us inspired by each other because, I mean, I learn from you every time we go to breakfast. And the same goes for all of my team members. You can learn just as much from an intern that you can from your CEO. And I think that is an amazing position to be in, an amazing industry to be in. A hundred percent. Oh, I love that answer so much. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like the spirit of of whim as a whole. You know, it's idea this idea of sharing information, asking questions, being inquisitive. You know, being uh, just having this level of you know being humble enough to know that you know, I don't have all the answers. And if we collaborate and if we brainstorm and if we just share information with each other, everybody's different perspectives are going to inform the other and just like build each other up. Um, you know, it's a spirit of also what I would like to see, which is just women in general, lifting each other up and like sharing information, being open about stuff like that. And, you know, um, uh, supporting each other is huge, huge, huge. Um, but just sort of having that, um, I've always said, and I, I admire this about you, that people who are naturally inquisitive and ask a lot of questions and really value learning more than they already know are set up for success. Absolutely. It, yeah. I feel so strongly about that. And, um, you know, we're never going to stop. I am of the firm opinion that we never stop learning. Um, there's always more to learn and sort of just like going forth, having that mentality and like, you know, grabbing life by the horns and, and asking all the questions that there are to ask, um, learning from everybody, like you said, from an intern to a CEO, um, will just get you so, so, so far. So I love that about you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think ultimately, you know, if the job you want doesn't exist, create it. We are in an amazing space right now where that can happen. So I would advise everyone, if you don't find something you love, it's create that job. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And um, we ask everybody this on the podcast. So I'm excited to ask you this next question. Um, be, what do you wish that someone had told your younger self that would have given you a professional or personal advantage today? Definitely be fearless and don't be afraid to ask for help. I think when you're young, you are a little bit hesitant to ask for help because it appears you don't know something or it makes you feel a little bit weak, but I think vulnerability will get you far. And I wish somebody would have told me that earlier in my career because it would have been incredibly helpful. There is a level of maturity, though, that I think is required. I 100% agree. I wish somebody had told me that, too. Believe me. Um, so thank you for telling everybody who's listening today that incredible advice, because I do think it's incredible advice. And um, I would add that, you know, practice that sort of a thing, you know, to be able to feel more comfortable doing that. I think something like that is absolutely what should be the ultimate goal. 
real talk, I feel like that that takes time to practice, to feel comfortable doing, but 100% get there because it's possible. You should. It'll behoove you to do so. Um, it's such good advice for people. Yeah. And don't be afraid to reach out. I mean, everybody is always has 15 minutes to chat or grab a coffee. And I think, you know, because you're just starting out in your career, many people are hesitant to reach out to people that are more senior level. And ultimately, you know, we do want to help one another out. And I think just go for it. What's the worst that can happen? They say no. At least you tried. They say no. And I we've talked about this on the podcast before. People love being asked for advice mm-hmm. or like being asked for help. You know, they're like, oh, they respect me. They they like to, they want to hear me talk. <laughs> they want to know things that I know. Okay. I mean, it's flattering. And um, I, I say to people a lot, like whatever you're scared of, whatever you're fe- fearful of, just try it because you might be real. The likelihood is that you'll actually be pleasantly surprised about the result. Um, I, and, and yeah, I think that's incredible advice. And I think that everybody listening should take B's advice for sure. B, where can everybody find you if they want to ask you for advice and they want to connect with you? Where can they reach out? You can find me on Instagram. It's at BB Cakes, B-E-A-B-E-A Cakes. And on LinkedIn, it's just B-E Taregi. And you can find me on Twitter and Facebook as well. Amazing. And we're going to link all of that uh, in the description um, of this podcast. You can easily reach out. Thank you so much for being on the WIM podcast today. You're incredible. Thank you so much, B. It was awesome. Awesome. Thanks, B. Thank you. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments. So comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time and thanks for tuning in.